welcome to Crushgasm, the podcast dedicated to the highs and lows of crushes. From their first to their worst, we're going to cover them all with a cascade of characters, including our guest today, a Tiger Beat centerfold in a past life, William Henson, the son of his parents, producer, musician, and wacky inflatable tube man who is here to talk about not only his brand new single, She's Hot, but also his 90s crush on a true icon of the era, none other than Miss Topanga Lawrence from Boy Meets World. William, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm a little cold. It's too, we had warm weather last week, and now it's so cold. Yeah, it was. It was really, really hot. I, you're in Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm from North Carolina. It was the same. Same way. It was so hot last week. Yeah, now but, it's like oh, I have a blanket on. The heat's going. Oh, but we'll get through <laughs> it. We'll get through it. So. Uh, let's start with going back to around second grade. You're somewhere around seven, eight years old, and you see Topanga on Boy Meets World. Do you remember the episode or your initial reaction to her at all? No, I mean, it, it's it's kind of like uh, like all of those shows, you know? It's like, like Full House and Step by Step and uh, I don't know, Eight Simple Rules. Like, you don't, there's no, like, I don't think that there's a point. It, it's kind of like my... my uh, my fandom of the Beatles, like they just were always there, you know? Like that's how I feel about about Boy Meets World. It was just always on. I had two older sisters. I, I still do. They are still living technically, you know? So I, I was very, I was very privy to, you know, Disney Channel and ABC Family and all of that sort of stuff, uh, <laughs> watching uh, sitcoms like after school and everything. And so, yeah, whenever uh, you ask the question of, of my, my 90s crush it was i i was very taken with uh topanga because i think at that point like you know how they the like abc family they would run like reruns of everything mm-hmm. but it, they would like start at the very beginning in like the month of i don't know the month of may it started at the very beginning and then by december it was like they were suddenly in college you know <laughs> like because they would just air them every single day in order yeah so i, I don't know I, I could not even tell you the first Boy Meets World episode that I watched, but it was just because it was just always around. I get that. It's like asking someone their like, what's the first Simpsons you know episode you ever seen? <laughs> like the Simpsons is kind of just always there, like with friends or yeah, like that. So I get it's totally, that. <laughs> totally ubiquitous. Like I feel like so much, so much of that media, especially like you know growing up during that that era, like. Yeah, like you said, Friends was just totally ubiquitous. Like, it was there, it was on every, I don't even know, what, what Thursday night, Wednesday night? Uh, Thursday. You know, yeah, Thursday, yeah. And it was just always, it was always on. I couldn't, I don't know, those things just, they feel, in hindsight, you can, like, look at the dates of whenever it was aired, but growing up, you're just, like, it always existed, <laughs> you know? No. I obviously relish in crushes, hence the show, and have done so with my celebrity crushes since I was very young. Were you the same way? Did you go around telling your friends and families, like, hey, Topanga is the woman I'm going to marry, or anything like that? I, no, not really. I I certainly was very taken with her. I was very taken, I was very taken with her, but I, I think at the same time, and this kind of opens up the can of worms that I, I, I wanted to talk about with you. I, I feel I feel like my crush, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I feel like my crush on Topanga Lawrence was based not only just in 
my crush on her, but also my crush on the relationship between she and Corey. You know what I mean? I feel like uh, th they were just so good together and that presentation of like that sort of lifelong love, I, I really took to from, from a very early stage. Um, because I just thought it was so cool, you know, you just have your girlfriend like come over every day after school or whatever. But no, I certainly, certainly as, you know, uh, she got older and everything, I, I think that was just, ev everyone said like their, their crush was Miley Cyrus or whoever, you know, like Topanga was, in my mind, a, a commodity, which I guess is what a crush is anyways. <laughs> yeah, everyone loves Topanga. She's definitely an icon of the era. But do you think that when you were younger, uh, boys were doing more or less like often than their female counterparts. I feel like when I was maybe seven or eight, I didn't really hear boys, even though I knew they liked Topanga, they probably liked the Pink Power Ranger. They didn't talk about it as much as me and my girlfriends talked about like Corey and Sean. Was that something you experienced too? Like sure. boys didn't talk about their crushes as much at that age. I didn't notice it till maybe fifth grade, maybe the like puberty hit and that's when it was over. Yeah, well, I, I I started off, like I said, I started off at a, uh, an advantage or disadvantage, whichever way you want to look at it, uh, in that, sorry, I certainly look at it as an advantage, but having two older sisters, uh, you know, they, they had in each band or, you know, boy band, they had like, my sister Maggie had her favorite and my sister Elizabeth had her favorite. And so it was like, it was natural for me growing up with them to talk about crushes, to talk about, to have like, pick my favorite character, pick my, my crush from the show it was just it it was more normalized i think for me because i grew up with sisters mm -hmm. uh than a lot of my friends that were dudes that had brothers and only brothers you know it was very much like you know well what about topanga huh look at i mean topanga and then they're like well, who's your favorite basketball player <laughs> you know <laughs> so but yeah I, I would agree i'd agree yeah, like, yeah, Michael Jordan's cool, but he's not pretty like Topanga. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned your exactly. older your older sisters, like boy bands. Which boy bands were they loving? So I would say over over everything, uh, the Backstreet Boys, which, fun fact, the Backstreet Boys were my very first concert I ever went to, which is just a fantastic bit of trivia. But yeah, so they uh, they loved the Backstreet Boys. I think that they, we certainly had like an in-sync CD, you know? There was another short-lived boy band that had, <laughs> that had um, Jesse McCartney in it. Oh, Dream, Dream Street? Street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, we had that record. And I'm trying to think, I mean, we definitely, which is funny, I think that was, Kind of like my first exposure to the Beatles because my my parents my mom was a big Beatles fan um, she still is and um, so I don't know where along the line we got into the Beatles like my sisters and I but that was another thing that like my sisters fought about was you know you know who was their favorite Beatle uh, <laughs> which I'm like there I I didn't know this at the time obviously I was so so very young but it's like looking back on it it's like <laughs> these these girls that are 10 and seven or whatever you know <laughs> 12, these, like, 12 very old men very old men at, at that point well um, even like backstreet boys looking back i mean i've good answer good answer my favorite all-time boy band as well my first concert too so good taste there oh, but wow, yeah really? yeah 
Uh, the Millennium well, Tour. Well, the Millennium Tour. Okay, I saw them on the Black and Blue Tour. <laughs> I, I was like, I have Black and Blue, I was still loving them. Everyone in eighth grade still referred to me as the Backstreet Boy Girl, but I was like starting, I was going into, you know, high school soon, so I was like getting too cool. So I was starting to like Newfound Glory and like Good Charlotte. But I still sure. like Backstreet Boys, like in the you know, low key. But my whole room was like black and blue at the time. <laughs> that is fantastic! Wow, you are you are very much unlocking some core memories for me right now. <laughs> yes, I I only got to see him on the Millennium Tour, and then after that, it's because my best friend's mom um, mom took us, and then after that, it was like I couldn't afford to go until like maybe. Out, like college years like they start they played like a general admission show one time which is wild <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I, I would like that's what I do for like you know the punk bands and so to see a boy band yeah. in GA was crazy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I've seen him a bunch Absolutely. since then but yeah so nice. who were who were your sister's favorite Backstreet Boys uh let's see I think Mags was Nick and I think Elizabeth was Brian and then I think that I liked I liked AJ like just because I thought that he looked cool and then now looking back on it he was like a huge drug addict and stuff so yeah yeah <laughs> I watched there on Paramount Plus they have the like MTV diary and they have the when they were doing the black and blue promotion or like when they did all like the six continents in a hundred hours and he yeah, looks yeah. wild he looks like Chris Angel um, yeah. and, and then he's like, there's this one scene that made me really uncomfortable, you know, now that we know what he was dealing with back then. And he's like, oh, I'm going to have a drink. And Howie's like, mm, don't know if that's a good idea or something along those lines. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just I felt like I think it, it, it speaks to a larger a larger question, right? Of Like why we why we like things, why, why we, uh, the, the marketing behind things. And especially at that point, like in the nineties, it was in nineties and early two thousands, like the manufacturing of like marketing behind these groups of people was just so powerful and so dialed in. I just thought that they, they all like looked cool and they all dressed cool. They could all sing well, dance well and everything, you know, <laughs> um, it was very, uh, I felt like his, like AJ's whole thing was like very, very out there. He was like the the, the rambunctious. He, he was the favorite of the rambunctious people, you know. <laughs> but I love Nick and AJ. But speaking of marketing, um, like I mentioned in the in the intro, Tiger Beat was huge. I'm sure your sisters had a lot of magazines. Did you ever kind of steal any of them to see if like Topanga was in any of them? No, I see. I think at that point it was. It was getting to be closing time on that show, you know? And like, and that's that's the thing. I feel like, like I said earlier, I feel very fortunate that I grew up with two older sisters that Sliz is three years older than me. And then uh, my older sister Maggie is, is seven years older than me. So it's like, I feel very fortunate in that I'm privy to a lot of things that like my friends who are the oldest and just grew up in the 2000s, you know, like with me, like they're just not, they're not privy to, to things like that, you know? Um, so, so to answer your question, like, I don't remember anything with, with Topanga. I don't remember anything other than just getting home from school. Uh, you know, we get home at three o'clock or whatever. And that's when Boy Meets World came on. And it was like Boy Meets World, Full House. Uh, like what I hate about, or 10 things I hate about you or something with Amanda Bynes. Like, I don't know, like all oh, what I like, about, like um, that. Oh, yeah. Or what I like about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> great theme song. Yeah, great, great theme song. But uh, yeah, I just remember I uh, I had a girlfriend in in the third grade named Courtney Wagaski, and uh, big shout out to Courtney. Um, but um, we, uh, I remember being so obviously I was very infatuated with her at the time, obviously. Um, but I I remember thinking like watching Boy Meets World and watching Topanga and being like. I'm living the same life because I have a girlfriend <laughs> in the third grade, and you know that sort of thing. Um, but no, the, to answer your question, I don't. The, I don't remember them having. I remember them having things, you know, magazines and stuff. But at that point, I think it was it was way past way past time for uh, Topanga to be featured. And like we said, she's like one of the top crushes of the '90s for a lot of people that like the female figure but I also think she sits atop a list that has like Kelly from Saved by the Bell, Pam Anderson mm-hmm. and like I said the Pink Power Ranger but why do you think Topanga kind of is like number one to a lot of people your age? I think it's because of she just totally fit that like girl next door dare I say like attainable thing you know she was so she was so cute but like she also like early on in the show was like presented as this sort of like ugly duckling character, you know? And uh, and so I, I think that she sits atop that list because it's like the ideal sort of Americanized, you know, version of, you know, the, the girl next door, the, the girl you never suspect uh, to end up with, but then, oh man, look at her. She, you know, it's like Princess Diaries, you know, she like takes the glasses off and she's beautiful kind of thing, uh, which obviously looking back on it is, uh, <laughs> not the best message I guess to send to young girls but but in terms of like the, her story arc and everything and I and I think too like uh, I like the fact that even towards the end like they have some like problems before they like get married or whatever just because they've been together their whole life that they're at the end of the day like they're just always together there was never really any like a huge conflict of them like not being together which I think is is also really desirable to have found that that one person pretty early on and were you more into her when she was the little weirdo or when she <laughs> kind of grew up a bit and ditched that persona uh i think i think the latter because <laughs> yeah a lot there from their middle school from the earlier seasons to the end their personalities all did sort of flip and that's something that that's one of the only things that has bothered me about the show ever i'm like eric was so cool and then he was like a weirdo <laughs> and to yeah he turned opposite. into like kind of a creep <laughs> like uh, he was strange and the, i think sean kind of stayed neutral he he kind of just was rebellious and then just normalized but i feel like that's nor that's just a normal progression and Corey yeah. was like like a little baseball loving kid and then he was like a neurotic teen I don't know. <laughs> yeah i feel like Corey had an interesting thing because i felt like he was pretty confident like early on in the show mm-hmm. you know as a kid and then he just kind of you know as the show progresses and i i really in preparation for this interview i was going to watch every single episode of boy meets world i didn't get around to it <laughs> a lot of um, episodes <laughs> <laughs> but you know i feel like from what i can remember i feel like he like he just kept like i don't know life just like beat him down like beat him into like a very <laughs> subconscious person 
something happened. There's like a lost episode where we, somehow like their personalities. Well, I know Topanga's is when she gets that haircut. That's mm-hmm. like the split mm-hmm. for her. It's like very in my head because I have curly hair and I was always like, whoa, if I straighten my hair, I'm going to be as cool as Topanga. Wow. <laughs> not yeah, the case. Yeah. I had had straightened after that. No, I did not transform. I did not have my she's all that moment. <laughs> I still have to wear glasses. <laughs> I'm blind without them. But um, hey, since, it happened. Yeah, since we're talking about Corey, did you like idolize him at all because he was with Topanga? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, like I said before, that the the vibe that you you find somebody and then you're just like it, and it just works out, you know. Um, I felt like with them, it was also very little effort, you know. It's like um, whereas, like you look at something like uh, DJ Tanner and uh, Steve, you know, he was just always an idiot and like always doing stuff wrong, you know. And that was just not like a. It wasn't an easy thing either to watch or, or you know, it, it looked very difficult. Whereas I felt like, and once again, I have to say the precursor of I have not seen it in a very long time, so. <laughs> this is all based on my memories but I just I felt like it was very they were just right for each other like they were they were built to be together you know I mean obviously they were written to be together but um, so in, in many ways yeah and I think that was much more enticing to me to like find that person and you know really uh, to be that like upstanding guy like Corey I don't know if I, I wouldn't maybe go as far as idolize but I certainly <laughs> admired him for that I really like the Pink Power Ranger only because she was with the Green Ranger. She was with Tommy. Yeah. I didn't like her though in any other way because I was a Yellow Ranger through and through. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said like things were pretty effortless. They kind of had of the 90s a very storybook romance, but they do have the big breakup after the ski lodge when he spends all night yeah. talking to another girl. Was that something that like broke your heart since you kind of you crushed? you said like more on the relationship side of them uh uh, certainly certainly a shock a shock to my core (laughs) but uh but yeah i mean i it's it's kind of like uh whenever you really get into like friends and you're like wait they got together and now they're breaking up and now they're getting back together but now they're not getting back together. like it was very it was that same roller coaster of emotions i i think did you ever get a chance to watch girl meets world i did not watch girl meets world i don't know i just whenever it was coming out i was like oh that's super cool and i can't wait to see it and then i just never saw it <laughs> is topanga in that show Yes, uh, it's her and Corey are married and they are living in New York and it's about their daughter. Mm. She's meeting the world and she has a little best friend who's like her Sean. Sean, mm. actually everybody eventually is in it. Yes, from the original. It's on the, is it still going or no? No, it didn't last too long, unfortunately, but it's on Disney+. Plus. Mm. Well, you know what I'm going to be doing tonight then. <laughs> you have Disney um, Plus, check it out. It's good. Uh, to, I mean, obviously, it's more centered on their daughter and what she's going through, but it's cute. It's fun. You can see Topanga as a mom now, and she's a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> so do you think, like, 
I always think our crushes as children kind of guide us in a way of who we'll like in real life. Do you think you crushing on Topanga led you more towards the more studious girls in life? I think certainly the, which which I guess really ties into the song, you know? Um, uh, my, my, my new song. I feel like Topanga did not know for a long time. Uh, and even like, even by the end of the show, I, I feel like she didn't really know that she was hot. That she could have did better than Corey. Yeah, she absolutely <laughs> could have done better than Corey. And so I, I feel like not, maybe not the, the studious type, but specifically, but, but certainly I think that the generalized vibe of someone who doesn't recognize their own worth because I think growing up with sisters, I, I saw I saw them be mistreated and by their, their boyfriends and stuff and uh, you know just by the world. And so I, I felt like I, I learned from that to you know basically like what not to do. Whereas I feel like like a lot of my friends that were guys that you know only had brothers and stuff, they you know talking to a girl was speaking another language, you know what I mean? Or like they had more of a learning curve, so to speak, you know, where, uh, and so I think like Topanga is, because she plays that, she is that character of just the sort of every, every girl next door kind of character, like headstrong slightly, but also not like headstrong in some ways, like very studious and very like on top of it, but also like I think interpersonally not like kind of questioning herself or and I feel like I'm more drawn more drawn to that in a way do you know what I mean the understated beauties of the world correct yeah. correct and you noted that a piece of your heart still kind of loves to ping it to this day and you're not alone I went to 90s con earlier this year and oh my god was, yeah there's a whole convention <laughs> for it I Everyone who knows me is like, that was meant for her, that was meant for Kendra. The, they had four people from Boy Meets World, uh, Danielle Fischel being one of them, and her line was insane all three days. Why do you think, like, what would you have done if you got a chance to meet her today? I would absolutely lose my mind, for sure. Well, it's especially, uh, like, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of John Mayer, and I know that they are close friends, and so, and like, he played at her wedding. I think I would certainly be, I would certainly wait in a very long line if it meant I got to meet Danielle Fischel. Her lines were long, and your sister should have gone because they had two Backstreet Boys there. Oh man! <laughs> well, uh, you, you you and I can go to the convention next year. Yeah, they're supposed to be announcing 2023 very soon. I'm hoping they keep it on the East Coast, just because selfishly that's where I am now. <laughs> like, don't put it in LA, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to fly back. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, she was there. Sean, Angela, and Eric. Fantastic. <laughs> Being a musician, I did want to tie that in a bit. So if you had to choose a song that played on your first date with Topanga and a song that you walk, she would walk down the aisle and then your first dance song, what would they be? And I want to make it, you have to choose from the Beatles, John Mayer, and Holland Oates since I know those are some of your favorites. Oof. Okay. Let's see. Um, I feel like a good first date song is Sarah Smile by Hollow Notes. Daryl Hall is basically saying like, um, the second verse is, if you feel like uh, leaving, I know you have to go, but why don't you stay until tomorrow? Which always reminds me of like uh, an early kind of relationship uh, line, you know? And it, 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 you're basically, it, he's basically trying to um, 
prolong their time together. So I feel like that'd be a good good first date song. Uh, walking down the aisle, probably. I mean, one of my all-time favorite songs is "In My Life" by the Beatles, and I feel like that one's like pretty all-encompassing. Of you know, somebody is not just saying, hey, "You're saying like in my life." I, I, I've known all of these different people, but in my life, I've loved you more. Uh, so, of all the people I've ever met, uh, you're the person. So that might be a good uh, walk down the aisle song or a first dance song. And then let's see, a first dance song. John Mayer. I'm trying to think of abject love songs that he actually has because he he like writes like anti love song. I don't know. Maybe daughters would be a good daddy daughter dance song. <laughs> Something. <laughs> maybe not a first dance song. Yeah, or All My Loving by the Beatles. All right. Well, now that you picked the soundtrack to your love story with Topanga, I'd love to know if second grade William had his wish and replaced Corey, what do you think <laughs> your lives would be like today? And remember, she is a lawyer now. And they're in the I was, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I mean, if she's a lawyer, then life's pretty good. I mean, I just, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm good to go, basically. I just go on tour and you know, she's the, the breadwinner. That'd, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, Court, I mean, in Girl Meets World, he's not like just in the home. He's a teacher at their daughter's school. He's the new Oh, yeah, because doesn't he, he like replaces uh, Mr. Feeney? Yeah, Mr. Feeney just popped up in the, in the first episode. I can't remember if he came later, maybe, but I do remember yeah. him distinctly in the first one because I was like, oh, crying. Is he, is uh, William Davies, is he still living? Yeah, he's still going. Every time he trends or something, I think it's bad news, but it's just like his <laughs> birthday or something like that. So it's good. He's good. <laughs> oh, thank God. Thank God. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna <laughs> to hurt when that happens. Yeah, that, that one's going to be a, a monumental shift in the universe. Mm-hmm. Just gutted. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> like Bob Saget, that one. Oh, that that one, that one killed me. I I mean, I I grew up with Boy Meets World, um, and I loved Boy Meets World, but I just from a very young age, we we had multiple seasons on DVD of Full House. Like we, that was the one that we like really. I think I feel like my sisters and I like really dedicated ourselves to in terms of you know the monetary uh <laughs> going out and buying the season box sets and stuff uh, another bob saga another good friend of john Mayer. he has been understandably gutted by it and all of his posts are just like so 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 sad about about bob um but but you know you you look at their friendship and they just had such a genuine connection and genuine friendship that it, it feels right, you know, that Bob Saget is the is that person that he was on TV, you know. So John Mayer must have just like, did he grow up just loving TGIF and just weasel his way into all these friendships? <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. Like you find I mean, out, he, like... he became pretty well known around, you know, 1999, 2000. So, you know, he, I guess he caught the tail end of it. <laughs> He's like but. on a yacht with Urkel and Sabrina. Like, he's a TGIF super fan. Of course, of course. <laughs> so now let's talk about this new song you have. Like you mentioned, and when I was listening to it, I also thought of Topanga because she was, again, a little weirdo when the show yeah. started. So, oh, so anyway, what brought about this song? I'm sure it wasn't Topanga. 
weren't like it was un- unfortunately not Topanga. Surprisingly, uh, obviously, uh, no. Uh, so this song um, is called "She's Hot," and it's actually funny enough. It's actually about my my girlfriend's best friend, <laughs> which um, is yeah. Uh, but don't worry, I'll get to I'll get to the point. Um, basically. Um, yeah, she's just a wonderful person and, and a, a beautiful person. And um, but she was the the story of the song basically covers a good year and a half or two years of of our friendship. She had broken up with a with a guy, and she was in a space of 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 being single. She had moved to a new city. I, for whatever reason, uh, which I, I I love, I just. You know, for whatever reason, I became sort of a de facto like therapist of sorts. Uh, not, not really. I, I wasn't being paid. I, I, I don't practice. Uh, I'm not a practicing therapist, unfortunately, uh, not yet. Um, but um, you know, she would she would text me and and say, you know, is it bad if someone's, you know, I, I went on a Tinder date or whatever. Like, is it bad if someone screams at you in the middle of a restaurant? And I was like, yeah, that yeah, that that's bad. Um, that guy is insane, probably. So try again, you know. Um, and so it was basically uh, the culmination of, of a lot of different experiences of seeing her or getting a call from her, getting a text from her. So many of the times, I just, I you know, of course, I I just reiterated like, you are just so above this. You're so above these situations. Like, someone needs to take you seriously. Like, you're you are fishing in the wrong pond basically almost like not even that it's your fault but it's just you know what i mean and and so it became uh this song of uh documenting these different uh negative experiences uh during her sort of being single in a new city dating and having bad experiences and then relaying those back to me um, and me just basically saying like she doesn't the chorus is she doesn't even know what she's not she's got everything uh, she doesn't even know she's hot she's got everything and it, it really it's a song that I had been trying to write for a really long time not just about her but you know for my sisters or for, for friends of mine um, this 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 germ of a song uh, had been with me for several years of just meeting people and being like, man, they are so beautiful, but like they have no idea, and then they're really down on themselves and putting them in themselves in bad situations when they should they should know how great they are, you know. Um, and so uh, that that's really how the song came about. I, I think it's just a it's a nice song uh, that reiterates you know what someone should already know about themselves, but we're sort of maybe geared to not feel that way about ourselves or, or whatever, not to, you know, to not have that confidence in ourselves. So it, it, I hope that it'll be just a nice reminder for people. Why do you think that is? Because you're growing up with your sisters. It happened then, still happening today with your girlfriend's mm-hmm. friend. Why do you think we haven't got over that hump of seeing ourselves for who we truly are? I mean, I think that that's reflected in, in media, you know? I mean, it's certainly like, it's it's uh, it's a problem that's deeply over exaggerated uh, through social media now. Obviously, uh, the constant comparison of ourselves to 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 other people or other versions of ourselves. Even you know when you you look back at yourself and oh man, I looked so much better whenever I was 
18 or whatever you know i don't know <laughs> I, i certainly didn't uh when i was 18 but but you know like the i think it, it it's based in comparison and the the human urge i should say is it, is it urge the right word is there is there a right word? uh the human uh predisposition to compare yourself to other people and uh i think it's built into our culture of like you're not you know you're not skinny enough you're not muscular enough you're not these things and uh w- without focusing on how great the things that you actually are uh, are you know the, the the great things about you, you you may not be you know i i look like the personification of a wacky wave and inflatable tube man outside of a car dealership but you know i can write songs a little bit you know so i'd rather focus on that <laughs> i may not be the the buffest guy ever but um but i have other things to offer speaking of comparing the song she's hot has this very like 90s sounding aesthetic to it what made you want to go that route um yeah so like early on uh during covid i i got i had gotten really into that sort of early nine i mean really 90s all through the 90s and early 2000s uh kind of brit pop vibe um i got i got back into oasis like really really hardcore back into oasis uh started listening through you know blur started but most of all that the song was really inspired by uh there she goes by the laws just uh the 90s like 12 string guitars and just really catchy like singable hook i got really into I, whenever i write songs i feel like i get really fascinated by something whether it's a genre or like or uh an idea but 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 really like in terms of the sound like i get very obsessed and i'm like you know i have a song called i can't think for myself which is a a duop song and i the only reason i wrote it was just cuz i just was sitting around and i said you know i haven't ever written a duop song before so i should write that <laughs> so then i just went full into trying to make a 50s duop song um and that was the same thing the thing about she's hot was that i had, i tried uh, several years ago to make something like make that 90s vibe didn't work out uh tried again a short while later didn't work out um and then i just during covid i i i dove head first into everything so reconnecting with a lot of what we've talked about today you know watching old episodes of full house watching uh she's all that watching the parent trap uh with Lindsay Lohan <laughs> like watching uh yeah <laughs> um you know listening to a lot of oasis i i watched the oasis uh documentary uh, supersonic which is a really great documentary by the way they say the f word which i love the f word obviously but um they say the f word probably 800 times <laughs> uh in a hour long documentary but um it's a wonderful documentary and um and i don't know i just i i felt like certainly at that point this is a long-winded explanation but um <laughs> at that point i felt like we were all in many ways because of covid we were all trying to return to this glory day type of you know vibe of like oh man like the 90s whatever they didn't have to think about a global pandemic they didn't have to be you know thinking about being on unemployment they could go to shows they could see oasis you know all that sort of thing and um and so yeah i just went really into just trying trying really hard to just write 
a 90s song. And, and uh, I wrote, I have half a dozen other melodies and other like uh, Pro Tool sessions full of different ideas that never came, you know, never became songs. I finally landed on She's Hot and it just, I think that the tie, the tie between She's Hot, it being a 90s type song and, you know, just the 90s crush thing in general is that it's just, um, it fits into that vibe of, I felt like the 90s were a time, uh, it's certainly reflected in media, that the 90s were a time that you could just be whoever you wanted, you know, like it was, it was possible, but you just needed a little bit of, a little bit of help, you know, you needed a little bit of reassurance. And uh, I feel like she's hot. I hope that it captures that uplifting spirit. What an era that was, my favorite decade. So this song was very 90s, but then I listened to Social Fitness and that felt very <clears throat> 80s. And you said you have a doo-wop song. Are you going to hit all the decades eventually and just like put like this, now that's what I call a century <laughs> kind of thing? <laughs> um, it's, it's funny. That's a, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I think so. I can't think was on was on the last record, um, but it, it certainly with, with this new record. I think the short answer is yes. Uh, there's a song that Social Fit started out as like late '70s, sort of early '80s, and then it just really went towards being an '80s song eventually, um, which is fine. Um, so Social Fit is like the '80s. She saw it as like the '90s. There's one song that sounds exactly like november of 1968 i can't tell you why that is very very specific but um (laughs) maybe it was a wednesday (laughs) it was raining that day you know um uh, yeah it's uh very specifically november of 1968 so you know that's that's sort of covered there's another song that i have that's called fun employment that song is a also on the record it, it it's kind of like the chorus is kind of like 60s motown and the verses are kind of like uh 1969 september of 1969 uh beatles uh like abbey road vibes and then there's a song there's actually a a, a 1920s sort of um I don't know necessarily if you'd call it ragtime. I suppose I suppose you would. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a 1920s pastiche on it as well. Um, so in a, in a way, I think the answer to your question is yes. On this record, a lot of different things are covered. Um, there's a song that sounds like it's from 2049. <laughs> you know, even future decades are covered. I think uh, with the record, it's it's always fun to try to find that thread to weave through, you know, okay, I've got a 90s song, I've got an 80s song, I've got a 20s song, I've got a 60s song, I've got a 70s song, you know, like trying to find that thread that, um, so you're not like jolted through a time machine is, it, it certainly it has proven to be very interesting, but it's also very, very rewarding and entertaining. It sounds like, did you watch WandaVision? I did watch WandaVision. It sounds like the record is kind of like that, going through the different eras. Absolutely. Absolutely. And is this like a new record that is coming out soon? There is a new record. It exists, sort of. (laughs) And uh, there's no, I have no formal 
I guess, announcement other than to say there is a record. Um, it will, God willing, it will appear uh, before the end of the year. But yes, there is there is a new body of work, and um, it's uh, and she's hot is one of the, the songs, and and social fit is one of the songs. Are you playing any shows this summer that people can be on the lookout for? <laughs> yeah, I, I'll uh, I'll be doing a lot around uh, North Carolina uh, in June and July, um, including we're doing the, the Martha Bassett show uh, on June sixteenth, and uh, which will be really really fun. And then we're uh, I may do a little jaunt up north before in August. I'll be going out to the West Coast and playing uh, a whole run of shows with a friend of mine. And um, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to that tour. So yeah, if you're on the West Coast, I'd love to see you at, at a gig. And while we wrap this up, can you tell people where they can find you online? Sure, uh, you can find me on the Spotify machine. It's William Henson, it's H-I-N-S-O-N. You can find me on Instagram or uh, at williamhenson.com. But yeah, basically anything. If you don't know how to search on on any of these different websites, you can just go to google.com <laughs> and just type William Henson. And I should be the first thing to pop up. But if not, just scroll down a bit. You'll be able to find it, I think. We got a little Google lesson for anyone who's a little older. My yeah, God. I don't know. Yeah, have you you've used Google before? I actually, my brother, my older brother, uh, he's like early 50s and he has spent some, you know, the last couple of years in jail. So he was like, he's like, I can't find this da 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 information now that he's out. And I was like, well, just don't go past the first page of Google. I was like, as much as I can tell you, once you go past the first page, it's probably not real. Yeah. yeah. He was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, William, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today about your 90s crush to Panga. And everyone, you can find all of William's information below. And remember, She's Hot drops June 3rd. And until next time, keep crushing it.